0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. This holiday season, if you're bouncing around from holiday party to Halloween party to Thanksgiving party to Christmas party to New Year's party, and you get caught drinking and driving, well, A, you fucked up, but B, don't give up. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team specializes in DUI defense. Marcos is the best DUI defense lawyer in East Tennessee. He teaches courses. He's certified. He's got it all. He knows what he's doing. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Call him 865-540-8300. You'll get an answer 24-7, 365. You can look up more information online, GarzaLaw.com. We're getting to celebrate a victory tonight on Reed's Ranch. Let's get straight to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. (laughs) The controversial.
1: He's the dumbass.
0: He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row.
1: Enough. Eh, eh. Thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight on this point when we were whipping
0: that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting
1: like this is any fun at all.
0: Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Tuesday, October 16th. Finally, Seth Hughes, we get to do one of these after a SEC victory. It feels like it's been forever because it has been forever forever. But here we are, Tennessee beats Auburn. We felt pretty decent heading into that game. We felt optimistic, and finally we were rewarded. How are you tonight?
1: I'm good. How are you doing, John?
0: I'm doing good, man. Doing good.
1: It's, it's good to talk to you after a, like, not just a win, but like a road win against a ranked team. That didn't feel flukish. No, like I, I was, I, I feel like we were better.
0: Yeah. No, I'd I say mean, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate.
1: Like I feel like we were better than them, and I, like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Auburn's good. Okay, they're not. For three straight, four straight weeks, they've sucked.
0: Yeah, we we got lucky that they had the benefit of the doubt that they were still ranked. Yeah. That way we like, could, that way we could run that graphic that was actually really impressive about how many games it takes or how many games it took SEC coaches to, you know, get a road win against Mm -hmm. a ranked opponent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean – And Pruitt got to say he did it in six. So, like, we we, we got pretty fortunate that Auburn was ranked at 21. But still, um, like you said, not a great Auburn team by any stretch. They were struggling. But it was nice that, you know, when when we saw the first drive – Right, I mean, the first drive, Auburn went right down the field.
1: I was actually okay. I was watching it with some friends, and we had talked about it beforehand, and we were just kind of like they, – they're not Tennessee fans. They're just like, you know, the, the question is going to be, can Tennessee, like, not get too far behind after the first 15 scripted plays? hmm Because, like, when you're working with what we have on defense – It's just, it's really hard to stop Auburn and Malzahn, those first 15 scripted plays where he's had like seven straight days of sleepless nights to craft the perfect, you know, first 15 plays, and he did, and like, there were some, it was, he did some really gay stuff that we knew was going to happen because it was scripted, and you know, they did it, and I was just like, okay, okay, then we went and we got a field goal, and I was like, okay, we're good, um... Man, I just that that um that interception by Bryce Thompson was big.
0: Well, yeah, but that was on some dumb shit by Malzahn. Like, why run the reverse there? They had been pretty much gashing us on the run. It was second and six. Oh,
1: Wait, man. I'm talking about the first interception with Bryce Thompson. That wasn't a reverse, was it?
0: Yeah, I that was on, that that was that was on the. Uh, it was like a wildcat reverse, was it not? And they threw it back to Stidham on a trick play.
1: That was the I know the combo one they did.
0: Now that was a different one. That was a screen pass, right? The
1: congo play, it was a, it was a. I thought that was a reverse too.
0: I was under the impression the congo play was like out of the shotgun. They tried to run some type of screen pass or some or something. They were just got a lot of pressure and he tried to throw it down, start running Hold back on, and threw I'm, it right I'm to congo. Right
1: now, I'm watching it right now.
0: Um, because that's the, the 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 Thompson play was the play where Pruitt is on the sideline telling telling okay, a defensive, so on telling the a defensive interception, back to blitz right
1: on the combo interception we have a backup quarterback or running back lined up in the shotgun he he's, he gives it to a man coming through in motion like a jet sweep stidham goes around the back for the reverse who then throws it to the guy who got the jet sweep originally right into Kongbo's hands
0: was that both plays, or am I, mis- am I, am I mistaken on the first I'm trying to find the, the
1: Bryce Thompson interception now, and I, I'm having trouble Was that the same it? thing? Well, hold on here. Um, okay, so here's the Bryce Thompson interception. The Bryce Thompson interception, um, we have Stidham and Shotgun. Daryl Taylor forces him out of the pocket. Alexis Johnson has a hold of him and is dragging him down as he throws it right into – well, he throws it to the guy Thompson was covering him. Thompson jumps the route.
0: Okay, so I guess I just got them mixed up. Okay.
1: Just got them mixed up. Um, Thompson also made a great play in the end zone on a pass breakup. Yeah. That held them to a field goal, I guess. Yeah. Um, he played awesome.
0: Which was surprising because he, he got kind of burned on the first drive, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like on the first drive, maybe he uh, got caught looking in the backfield and they stid him over the receiver. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a long day for him. But then, yeah, he bounced back and played awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I just – like we did a lot of stuff that we hadn't done in a long time, okay? I mean, we had people making pass breakups. We had Nigel Warrior making open field tackles. How about
0: that? Round of applause for Nigel Warrior. Finally had a one on one situation and he, he he sought out the ball the ball carrier. hmm He went to him. He didn't just wait for the guy to try to run by him and whiff. He went to him and went down low and just rocked him.
1: We had defensive linemen reading the screen. We had we had Pruitt calling a blitz on the fly about a second before the snap, telling Balin Buchanan, Go rush the quarterback. And that caused Kongbo's interception I mean that to me like look if you want to see some great coaching by UT that was it right there you can clearly see in the highlights Pruitt jumping up and down screaming at Buchanan and Buchanan looks at him and sees it and then when the ball snap, Buchanan takes off to the quarterback goes by the running back and causes the second interception the fumble touchdown that was not a blitz that was Alexis Johnson being disruptive Like we did things like
0: Alexis Johnson and Phillips. Phillips deserves some credit there too because he was the one. Phillips had
1: a great game, nine tackles.
0: Yeah, I mean Phillips got the credit for the strip sack there too, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: Alexis Johnson was the first guy there, just like he was, or, or no, Alexis Johnson wasn't the first guy there on the first interception, but he was taking down Stidham as Stidham threw the ball. But we did a lot of things that like we hadn't done in a long time outside of things that people could construe as fluky like it's not fluky when you just line up and your defensive tackles maul their offensive line yeah and we all know we're not working with a bunch of reggie whites on this on this defensive line like we're starting we're starting two true freshmen at cornerback i mean sean Schamburger played a ton of snaps like auburn's not as good as they're supposed to be they're not very good they're still really talented especially on defense
0: We knew that Auburn's offensive line sucked. We just didn't know whether or not we'd be able to take advantage of it. (laughs) And we did. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously um, a big difference in the game. Tennessee was able to get pressure against West Virginia and Will Greer, but we couldn't, like, take advantage of it, right? We couldn't get Will Greer on the ground. We got Stidham on the ground. Yeah. you put Stidham down.
1: I mean – They had 39 rushing yards after the first quarter.
0: Yeah. I mean, they ran the ball down your throat in that first drive, and then afterwards they did nothing. They did nothing. Yep. Meanwhile, in Tennessee's offense, I mean, obviously you came away impressed with Garantano and the receivers, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Big time. We'd been begging for them to throw the ball down the field, and they finally did it, and I thought that obviously – uh, Garantano stood in and made some really good throws, and I think our receivers are awesome. But you and I have said that all offseason. They're like, hey, you have really good receivers. throwing the ball. Yeah. You feel like you have an advantage over a lot of teams when it's your receivers going up against their secondary. You feel like that's an advantage? Yeah. Following decided to give Todd Chandler the ball. He was someone who deserved the ball more, and you got it to him. He played great. And I I screwed up the tweet, but I meant to
1: say Saturday, on offensive possessions, Ty Chandler was the best player on the field. When we had the ball going up against their defense, when it was our offense versus their defense, he was the best player on the field. I mean – Prove me wrong. Where's the lie?
0: Callaway was pretty damn good.
1: Callaway was stout. Juwan Jennings was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jennings was the best player on the field, but I thought Jennings was the toughest player on the field when Tennessee sure. was on offense. Like, I thought he set the tone offensively early. I don't know if you saw that crackback block he had.
1: Oh, he he he, he, he destroyed that. When
0: dude. he depleted Auburn's linebacker, and I mean, just him running through tackles on the on the tunnel screens and that intercept or that touchdown he had. Excuse me. On uh, You know, in the end zone where he just pretty much – if it's a 50-50 ball, it's not a 50-50 ball if it's Jennings. You know what I mean? One play, like it, I haven't
1: it's... seen get, get Much Love, and it's not even like – for some reason UT Sports doesn't do highlight packages anymore, but some guy put like uh, like an eight-minute highlight package. And one thing I saw that – But this play wasn't in that highlight package either. It was like like a slant, and Garantano threw it a little high. And, like, Jennings went up and just, like, snagged it out of the air. It was like his arms were down by his waist, and then all of a sudden he just, like, did stretch Armstrong and snagged it right before Auburn could pick it, and we got a first down.
0: I want to say that was, like, on the first or second drive.
1: It was early. He had another big third down conversion across the middle where – he was in between three guys, pretty well covered, and Garantano threw it perfect.
0: Yeah. Um. That was on like third and 13, too. Yes. On our uh, And then I think you hit Ty Chandler on the very next play, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Which – For the um, touchdown. Yeah, that was, that was a really well-designed play, too.
0: Yeah, I'm watching it right now, actually. It's just he leaks out of the backfield and no one covers him, and boom. Yep. Touchdown.
1: Apparently they, they did something with the wide receivers to make the linebackers cover
0: them um, mm-hmm.
1: so it would free up Chandler. Um
0: I don't even see any damn linebackers in this. I see one linebacker to the right. I don't even see one really on Chandler's put, side of the field.
1: We put it, um well I mean we we can talk we could talk for twenty minutes about Helton's deficiencies thus far at, at play calling, but like they did do some nice things. They moved Callaway to the slot. They decided that they were going to give Jennings the ball. They did whatever they could to give Chandler the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was something. I asked for two things. I asked for – well, I asked for three things. We got two of them. You know, I asked for more touches for Chandler. I wanted a clear discrepancy between him and the other running backs. You got that. I asked to take some shots down the field. You got that. And I asked to throw the ball more on first down, and you didn't really get that. But, you know, two out of three equal to win.
1: Yeah, I mean – you know, we didn't even do. We didn't even have to do the wildcat.
0: I think we ran it on one play. We
1: ran on one play. We didn't even have to do it. Why do it? Yeah. Why do? I mean, like.
0: I guess because they had spent all week. Uh, not all week, but a, a lot of time at practice putting it in. So like, fuck. We might as well run it. Yeah. Like. But you didn't really need help offensively, like on the offensive line either. You didn't need to throw a curveball at them. You didn't even need Garantano to try to run the ball. Mm. And quite frankly, he didn't look good when he was trying to run the ball. No, no. He is not a dual threat, but he proved to be a pretty good pocket passer on Saturday.
1: I mean, he looked awesome. Like, Let's just say it. He looked great. And, like, we get him for 30 more games.
0: I'm glad I held on to my Garantano stock. Glad I held on to that.
1: Just, like, it was just... It was just a fun game. Like, the only time I didn't have fun was that first drive Auburn had. You know, I mean, like, I had fun. Just the whole game, I had fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the only time you felt like, man, we're about to get smashed. Yep. And then, I, I'll i be honest, the, uh, the block field goal, also not very fun.
1: Oh, yeah, the block field goal, yeah. But shout out to Samaglia. Dude had a great game.
0: Yeah. He's a pretty good kicker, and it's, it's such a nice change of pace to get to have your field goal, field goal kicker trot on, and you have a lot of confidence that he will hit the 40-yard field goal. Oh. Um, the,
1: the, the coaching at the end of the first half was really good, um, and it was also mind-blowing like what Malzahn was doing. Like, we called that timeout after second down to, like, so we could get the ball back and try to score. And, like, Malzahn turned around and then passed it. Like, and it was an incomplete pass, so we got the ball back with, like, a minute left. I didn't really, and un- we got the ball back on the 50.
0: I was impressed. I mean, I'm glad you said that. I was impressed with Pruitt's time management. And, you know, that's my, that's yeah. one of my, like, understanding situations like that is one of my biggest criteria to liking a coach or not. I like that he didn't call the timeout on first down, that he kind of kept them in no man's land right there where they kind of had to pass it because Tennessee would have had a timeout to take anyways, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, you're like, we're pinned deep. We kind of need to get a first down. Now, the play design that Malzon had wasn't great. So, like, obviously it made him throwing look even worse, especially with the way Stidham throws the ball. But I thought Pruitt forced him into that by not taking the timeout on first down and having, you know, two in his back pocket for second and third down. Yeah. And then I cannot tell you how much I loved the onside kick after the personal foul penalty. Do you, what, what game was that? Do you remember where the, the one team had two personal foul penalties after a touchdown, and they kicked off from, like, the other teams, like, 40, and all they did was just kick it deep? that was only one of our original podcasts because i remember we were talking about how how butch jones would have if he had that situation he would have just kicked it to the moon yeah um but like you there, there's pretty much no there's pretty much no penalty there for trying an onside kick like, yeah i mean
1: we they auburn started on the 25 exactly
0: and you had a a 50 50 shot of recovering that ball like can you probably should have recovered that we ball. should
1: have we should have i don't know how we didn't
0: and then if you do then that goes down as one of the best coaching moments of the weekend yeah same as the same as the florida game yeah like both those onside kicks were were uh pretty damn good pretty well executed everything except recovering the ball yeah and if either one of those go the other way you're you're talking about that as one of the best coaching moments of the season you like that's when you'll you'll hang your hat on In the off season, like oh yeah, remember when Pruitt did that and it didn't work out? But that was you know on the same drive where uh, two plays later you get the sack, fumble, touchdown. Yeah. Then I was was so mad. Of like a
1: a hilarious play because like Alexis Johnson is just like celebrating and stuff. The ball is like just being fumbled around.
0: I was so mad they reviewed that. I know. I was like, what the hell are you trying to do here?
1: Like, there was no evidence to say that their running back recovered that ball. Um, and we had to go through that whole review.
0: All right, quick time out to tell you about one of our sponsors, Premier. Construction and restoration. Brad Richardson is a local general contractor, licensed and insured, serving Roan, Morgan, Anderson, Loudon, Knox, and surrounding counties. Call for a free estimate 423 404 3255. New construction if you need roofing and gutters done, all flooring types, windows and doors, complete bath and kitchen remodels, decks, whatever you need, they can help get it done. Look them up on Facebook. Premier Construction and Restoration. You can contact Brad, Construction at gmail. What does, that, what does that win do for the rest of the season, in your opinion?
1: Well, I think it sets up going to a bowl pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, as someone who bet currency on Tennessee's win total over five and a half, I thought that was all but dead after Florida. Now I feel like over five and a half seems like the right side to be on. Mhm. That's fair to say, right? Like it feels like yep. you would rather have the over in that situation.
1: Yep. I think that's fair to say. I mean, uh, I mean, I just don't know why we sh- we, we got one more win for sure. Right, Charlotte. And then, like, I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong here. We're playing better than South Carolina is right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that a game you're going to ex- expect to win? I mean, I feel is, 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 is it, I mean, I don't well, think – Well,
1: no, I don't expect to win it. I think it's a toss-up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Tennessee has a good shot to win, but I still think they will be uh, underdogs in that game.
1: Agree. Um, Kentucky will assuming, be rowdy.
0: Assuming, assuming Tennessee doesn't come out and just look awesome against Alabama. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying beat Alabama, I'm just saying, like, Look yeah. good, like look look like a good football team. Yeah. So the South Carolina games go goes to a toss up.
1: I mean, Kentucky's at home. Neyland's gonna be rowdy, rocking. I think um, Missouri's at home. That feels like a toss up.
0: It honestly feels like all four of your remaining SEC games will be toss ups.
1: Yep, I feel that way.
0: And you need to win two of them. Yep. And four of them are in the state, or three of them are in the state of Tennessee. Yep.
1: I mean, it's setting up nicely.
0: Yeah, it was a big win. I am. I, I hate that the Alabama games this weekend. I do too, man. I've said that
1: several times. I hate it so much because I would love to be rolling into South Carolina this weekend with all that momentum.
0: With the dicks out. With the dicks out.
1: And instead, we have to go get just pummeled by the evil empire.
0: I know. I know. I don't want to sound like a little bitch, like scared of Alabama or whatever, but, like, we just have to be realistic. Like, it's going to suck. And it would be nice if Tennessee's offense came out and put on, like, an Arkansas performance, right, where Arkansas scored 30 points against them. Like, we'd all sign up for that, even if it was a 60-30 to game, right? Yeah. Obviously, the key is, like, hey, no injuries. Right? I mean, that's pretty much all you're looking for, right? Yeah. Just get it over with, man. I guess we'll see if J.J. Peterson plays.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: I mean, I'm just looking at potential storylines or, you know, things to kind of look for.
1: I mean – you know, it's like something finally goes right. And not only did, like, the game go right against Auburn, like, we looked we looked good.
0: Yeah. You like know, I said, like it we, wasn't we, flukish. It was a, a solid put football team performance. I would yeah. love to go into South Carolina. Yep. Although maybe there's something to, like, hey, uh, th- maybe this team's a little too cocky and needs to be humbled before South Carolina, like, readjust. I don't know. You know, I'm sure that's what Pruitt will try to. S- I'm sure after the Alabama game, Pruitt will tell them and say, "Look, you're not as good as you thought you were after beating Auburn. Like we got to focus. We can't just show up to be any football team. We have to work harder. We have to be precise. You know, that's what mm-hmm. a- that's what a good football team looks like. This is what we're trying to get to. We want to be more like Alabama. That type of shit. Yeah, that's what it's going
1: to be. I mean, just really hate it for the players because, like, I'm sure they feel great, and um they have to go get crushed.
0: Yeah, I want to talk myself into Tennessee having a you know a chance to not get embarrassed, not even win, but just like you know have it competitive in the second half but I mean come on, Alabama's playing a different sport. yeah I mean it's like I'll be honest like if if Tua was out, I would have thought Tennessee would have had a chance to uh, keep it you know a two two score game in the second half.
1: Surely they're not going to play him, right?
0: They said he's playing. They said Why? he's full go. Why would you play him? I don't know. You sound so whiny about it. Like, I just, it it's feels so fair. dumb to me. uh? No, I mean, I'm right there with you, though. Like, it's it's really dumb. It's really dumb, especially, like, on the day where Nick Bosa was like, fuck this, I'm out. Do you see that yeah. story? Yeah. I can't blame him. No, I don't either. Not at all. Although there was a part of me that was like, man, like it does feel a little bit different when you actually have a chance to win a championship. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always on the player side in these. Like, I want the players to get play- paid. I want, you know, when the players started sitting out for bowl games, I was like, good. I'm always on their side. It do- This does feel a little bit different than the bowl games, though. Like, an exhibition. Like, Christian McCaffrey set out like the fucking Sun Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bose is like, nah, I'm good. I don't really care about a Big Ten championship or a national I mean, like, championship.
1: Is, he, is there like a good chance he'd be back?
0: Yeah, well, I was under the impression he was gonna be back in a couple games. Okay. Um I was under the impression he'd be back for like Michigan and the Big Ten championship and the playoff. I loved him just be like, Nope, I'm out. No thanks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It would depend on. I thought I was under the impression that like the chances of him ever coming back this season at all was iffy.
0: But I, I don't know. I might be wrong, Seth. But I, like I said, I was under the impression he was he was going to be back in a couple games.
1: Yeah. Well, regardless, they're the only team that can beat Alabama, and that just took a hit. Yeah. So that, that's nice. That's very cool.
0: That seems pretty accurate. That they are the only team that can beat alabama
1: i mean nobody else is even i I don't necessarily think ohio state would keep it close
0: well no i mean like and but they're the only
1: team that could
0: a couple weeks ago i saw a a vegas guy saying alabama would be double digit favors over everyone in the country yeah which sucks that you have to play them and it sucks that you have to play them a week after your your biggest win in a long time yeah I mean, it it blows, but you know it, it is, is what, what it is, is I man. Mean,
1: at least Georgia got stomped.
0: Yeah, you feel a lot better about that, right? Like Georgia officially not Alabama type of thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. That you do feel good about that because like they're not winning a national title this year.
0: No, and they're not. I mean, hell, they might. They might lose to Florida, honestly. Like Florida might actually win the SEC East.
1: Um, I mean, what can you say?
0: I mean, you can't say <laughs> shit, really. But I'm just saying, like that feels that that feels like a good possibility right now.
1: Yep. I mean, Florida's ranked 11th and 12th. What can you say?
0: We're not focused on that. We beat Auburn. We're we're, we're happy, and we're not worried about what Florida is. We're happy that Georgia is not Alabama. They deserve to be humbled. They did.
1: They did. I mean. They got a lot of questions going on over there. I mean, Jake. It really shows you how fragile winning college football games is. Yeah. Unless you're Alabama.
0: Yeah. I mean, like or Ohio or Alabama
1: or Ohio State. Um, like you know, this team uh, went to the national title game and was play away from winning the national title game and now they're sitting here they don't have a quarterback and their offensive coordinator has gone crazy and you know they got a lot of questions to ask I mean they got whipped they got totally whipped by LSU
0: yeah they got dominated
1: like it was it was do- total domination. And I still feel like do we even know that like LSU's that good? I mean like do we know if anybody's good in the SEC besides Alabama?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, I agree like and the comparisons right now, I mean, Georgia fans are kind of beside themselves because apparently the parallels right there, the parallels are there between uh Smart and Ricked. Smart and Ricked. Yeah. Like, pretty much identical. Yep. Except Rick has one more SEC win. And, and, and then they both were 6-0 and and got beat on the road by Georgia in year three. <laughs> Our guy Thomas was telling me about that last night.
1: I saw that. It's pretty crazy, really. I mean, I didn't know that the, um, the parallels were so close.
0: So they went from, like, wow, we got the next Saban to – oh, shit, do we have the same ricked? Mm-hmm. Year two explosion, and now, like, we have these big hype, we have this big hope, and, I mean, if you look at Georgia, like I said, they're probably going to, I don't know, they might lose to Florida. But either way, like, their chances of making the playoff are pretty much gone now, right? Yeah, they're not making the playoff.
1: Like, their only hope was to go undefeated and lose to Alabama in the
0: SEC Championship game. Right, and and that's over. Yeah, that's done. Because they ain't beating Alabama. And now... Would you be surprised if Jake Fromm started the rest of the year? Um,
1: yeah. Every single game, yes.
0: Yeah. I
1: would be. I mean, he's not like, – like, he doesn't look good. Like, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, I mean, I would be surprised, Like, I would not be surprised if all Fields takes over. I think they probably wanted to wait until the spring for Fields to take over, but, like, they can't. It doesn't seem to me. I mean, Fromm's not doing anything. Like, he looked awful against Tennessee.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, Fromm, Fromm wasn't great last year either. It's just they had no. two NFL running backs, you know what I mean, and a great yeah. defense and a, a first-round draft pick at left tackle. I was always kind of under the impression they were going to try to get to the bye week and then make the switch. Mm-hmm. Or at least like start getting him half the snaps. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, like one thing I've wondered this whole time, kinda, is like, are we even sure that like Fromm was better than Eason?
0: No, no. It's just, I mean, you, you he got he got cucked. I mean, to, yeah, I mean, yeah, use it that wasn't word Eason's literally, fault, like, like I
1: never I, I never felt like that was even talked about.
0: It's just like it's just you you get to a certain point, and the team was three and zero, and they had beaten Notre Dame, and. Next thing you knew, you didn't mess up a good thing, and next thing you knew, Easton was gone. Like, no, I, I don't think that. I don't think that Fromm was better than Easton at all. I think it's just they're like, hey, we don't need to mess this up. Yeah. Okay. Because there's you I mean, know there's 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 a big there's a big contingent of the locker room that's probably like, hey, we're three and zero. Oh, we just you know this kid just went into Notre Dame and won, even though they, you know they won like scoring twenty points or something like that.
1: I mean, I agree. Like, I would have – it would have been tough for me to – I don't think you could go back to Fromm.
0: hmm
1: I mean, Eason. I just – I just never – I never really saw that discussion had. It was always just, like, Eason's transferring and that's that and Fromm's the guy. And, and I'm just kind of like, well
0: – Okay.
1: Eason would have gone undefeated too last year, you know. And, like, he's got the rocket arm and
0: – That's why I give Dabo a lot of credit for – being willing to do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: with Kelly Bryant, like he like he like realized, like, hey, we can't keep this kid on the bench because we can't game manage our way to a championship this year. You yeah. ain't you ain't gonna game manage Bama.
1: Yeah, and it sucks. Like, I mean, it really sucks for Kelly Bryant. It's
0: just the way it is, man.
1: Trevor Lawrence is is a lot better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. And you know, I mean, that just it is what it is. All right, let's start rolling through some questions. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Ranch. Tough week for Will Warren and the best bets and the system. It was one of those weeks where the numbers didn't really match up to my eye test, and I wish I would have kind of intervened and at least made my thoughts clear because, like, I loved Oregon plus three and a half. And I hate when the computer says, like, take – the team playing Alabama. Like the computer is like take Missouri plus 28 and they lost by 29. I hate when stuff like that happens. Yeah. And just like betting on Northwestern is never funny either. And it said, take them minus three and a half and they won by three. So like tough week for the system, but uh, we do put up our best bets there. We do do things such as fantasy leagues and everything. If you want to become a patron, support the podcast, patreon.com/ slash reads ranch patron, David Bradford asked how many points will Tennessee be Alabama by good one, David. Uh, Colin asked, if Tua or Hurts both got hurt, do you think Tennessee has a chance of winning? I mean, Tua is already hurt, he says. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd take Tennessee's uh, – I mean, I would give them a chance. I don't think they would win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Alabama's third-string third quarterback would probably still win, but Tennessee would definitely have a chance. All right, Blake asks, what do you realistically hope to see on Saturday? Do no we already injuries. kind of say that just like no injuries? No injuries Anything with the game plan like I mean,
1: I hadn't really thought about it much. I'm just ready to get it over with
0: yeah, me me too. Um, I guess the one thing I would say, Blake, is that Pruitt's been aggressive all year. I would like for him to continue to be aggressive. Yes, like just continue to be aggressive don't don't bitch out now. Don't bitch out now. I always go back to Butch punting on 4th and 1 at Oregon. Yeah. Like, for what, man? So you can give Marcus Mario to the ball 20 yards further down the field so it takes one more play to score. Just, you've been aggressive all year. Just keep being aggressive. That's pretty much all I want to see. And do you, do you know if Butch Jones is getting to travel?
1: Uh, VolQuest
0: said he is. Okay. I didn't know if those guys got to travel or not. So, I'd like to see him get heckled. I'd like to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point, though. It's like, you know, we're going to lose, and, like, we were going to lose to Oregon that one time, so what does it matter? Why punt? Like, just go balls out like you have all season, and whatever happens, it happens, and you keep your head held high.
0: No one, no one should question any aggressive plays against Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, no one should question if you try a fake punt and it doesn't work or if you go for a fourth and five or something and it doesn't work. Like, No one should question that. You should have to realize that you are at a severe talent disadvantage and you have to do your best to make it a game that you can win. Not just keep it close, but a game you can win.
1: Yeah, it's like if the if the question at hand is like, it's going to be the difference between losing, like, by 45 or losing by, like, 31. Well, like, who cares?
0: Yeah. Who cares? Now, I mean, I, I don't – I won't get mad if it's already, like, a 31-point game when that happens, but I'm talking about, like, in the first half before it becomes, yeah. like, a, a foregone conclusion. But like, I don't want yeah. them to start going for it on their fourth, on fourth down, like, on their 30 in a 30-point in a game and just letting it get worse and worse. I'm talking about – you know, first quarter, first half before reality kind of sets in. Like, just stay aggressive. Did you see the quote from Alabama's running back? Mm-mm. Ben Jones, I guess, covers Alabama. I saw a tweet from him. It says, Alabama running back Josh Jacobs said, players joke with Butch Jones about the Tennessee rivalry. He's never smoked a cigar before. <laughs> How emasculating do you think that has to be for Butch Jones? I mean, what a – like what an insult to him. How humiliating. Like you have absolutely zero respect for him if you're if you're making fun of him for that, in my opinion.
1: He's clearly not a coach.
0: Yeah, like yeah, it, it is you a don't talk to a coach <laughs> like that. He's like, What are you what are you gonna do? You can't make me run. You can't make me do up downs.
1: Yeah, it's fuck clearly, you going do about it. He's but. clearly not a coach. If that's what they're they're
0: um, Josh Jacobs makes more money at Alabama than Butch Jones does, which, I mean we're we're footing the bill, so it's only so funny. But I, I love the idea of all them basically just talking shit to him with absolutely no respect.
1: They're basically treating him like a water boy, like a team, like a man, like a student manager.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, basically that's what it is. Like I know that sounds cliche, but like. They're like, man, you were the coach of Tennessee for five years, and you never smoked a cigar. Like, rot right, You know, and like, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night.
0: No, no, that would be pretty tough. I'll, all I'll say is that somebody asked, you know, what we're looking for this weekend, or you know, what if anything will make us mad. If they celebrate with Butch on the sideline, that'll kind of piss me off.
1: That will make me mad. Yeah. Like
0: if they dump Gatorade on him or God forbid try to carry him off the field.
1: No, I don't think they'll do that. But I think like I don't know, I, man.
0: I don't know. I hope not. I'm just saying, like that's that thought has crossed my mind. I haven't seen anyone bring it up, so maybe I'm maybe I'm nervous about nothing, but if they pour Gatorade on him Or even like go and try to mess up his flat top
1: after the win. I, I think that he will definitely celebrate himself. And I think that will be that will be very gay.
0: You can't do that if you're him, right? You just have to. Buddy, he for sure will celebrate. Oh my God! Now that now I'm getting mad. Now I'm getting mad. He will 100% celebrate. Preds VFL two seven two seven asked if Saban is going to hide Lyle in the press box on Saturday if he'll be on the sideline. Yeah, maybe Saban just you know puts that nonsense to bed and just puts him in the press box. I don't know. I don't know. I mean he's been on the sidelines, right? I saw him on the sidelines at least once. I don't know if that's been an everyday an every game thing or not. If it is I mean if it's an every game thing, I don't think Saban will switch it up just for the sake of Tennessee fans. God, now I'm getting mad. <laughs> Jackie Clowers ass, if I offered you a forty two to fourteen final score but no injuries would you take it or would you rather play it out? Uh, take it. No injuries and a, and a cover. Yeah, lock take it, it down. Now, take it right now. I hate this. It's weird saying this, but I would like Tennessee to score more than fourteen points, but I don't care. Yeah, I will. Take it. Take no it. questions asked. All right, Josh Kelly asks: Is it fair to say that the Eastern Division is closing the gap with the Western Division? Says if he had to play Kentucky, Tennessee. South or South Carolina or Arkansas old miss Mississippi State he's picking the Western he'd rather play them
1: that's a good that's a fair question that's a good question It's a really good question I mean I, I, I think that the West like
0: I don't know I don't know I mean I think Georgia I think Georgia and I guess you have to say Florida is comparable with LSU right I mean I know LSU beat Georgia but I think if they played that game in Athens it probably goes differently right? Yeah, I say Georgia and Florida is
1: comparable with LSU and Texas A and M.
0: Yeah, and I mean if if LSU played Florida at LSU, I'd say they win that game. So I'd say they're all pretty comparable. Yeah, with Georgia maybe getting a slight edge, which is weird after they just got their ass beat, but still, I know what you mean. And then at the bottom, yeah, I mean I feel like I feel like the East is is closing the gap outside of Alabama, of course.
1: I mean, I still I wouldn't want to play on miss like just because there's no telling what can happen um you know they're gonna score a ton of points and but I think back end wise the East is better
0: but I don't know Tech vol asked and this is a fair question and this was something I complained about I don't want to sound like I'm nitpicking And like I'm always nitpicking coaches, but I did have this thought during the game. I'll ask you. Uh, Techvall says, should we be concerned about Pruitt kicking a 20-yard field goal to make it 30-17? to Shouldn't he go for it there? I kind of thought you'd go for it there. There was, I want to say, like eight minutes left in the game, if I'm not mistaken. And Auburn didn't really show you that they would be able to move the ball like 95 yards to score a touchdown. I thought going for it and being aggressive, the the reward of being up 17 was probably worth the risk, in my opinion. And apparently, uh, Shea tweets in and says that, apparently on the Jerry Pruitt show, he said I should have gone for it on fourth down.
1: So, during the game, I thought that we should have gone for it because I thought that if you don't get it, they have to go 95 yards. They're yeah. not going to do that.
0: And they needed another field goal after that. Yeah.
1: It was a two possession game, like because if you score a touchdown there, game's over. It, it's over, and you get a field goal, and the game's not over.
0: And I mean, if you get a, if you get stopped and then force them to go three and out, the game's over because they can't go for it on fourth down there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kicked it with nine minutes left. So Pruitt
1: Pruitt said he should have gone
0: for it. That's what uh, that's what Shea tweeted and said that uh, you know. I probably I probably should have told us it was four down territory here. That's my fault. So, I mean, if, if that's the case, that's the, that, that's the exact type of coaching I want. And so far, like, I don't want to sound like I'm praising the guy for being three and three, but, I mean, like, I feel like his in-game management outside of whoever the hell is keeping count of players has done pretty good. Like, I hate that we've had a couple instances where we have ten guys on the field it was embarrassing against Georgia that you couldn't line up right on the fucking punt Mm -hmm. that you lose a big play because of an illegal formation, uh, you know, to Palmer and the beginning of the Auburn game. I hate that stuff. And that needs to get cleaned up, but just strategically and, uh, you know, mathematically, it seems like he has a pretty good grip on situational football. And that's really all I've ever wanted. I agree. Like, um,
1: situationally speaking, he's been awesome. Yeah. He's been awesome. And like it's good that he says that like he should have gone for it like he's learn he, you know he he's learning um he's you know he's he's he, he's he's getting the right things from his coaching decisions like You know, it's not like he learned from kicking the onside kick against Florida where you didn't get it not to kick it again. No, he learned that you put the foot on the gas pedal even more. And you try it again. And you keep on trying it because you never let up. And I am surprised he kicked the field goal there. Just how he's coached thus far surprises me. Um,
0: And I, I don't even think that's necessarily the wrong call it's just not the aggressive call. Yeah. Like I don't I, know what the I don't know what the math says there. You know, I was always under the impression that if it's 4th and goal inside your 5, it makes more sense to go for it than not. I don't know what the benefit of being up 13 there is, like Auburn still needs two touchdowns to beat you. They needed two touchdowns to beat you before the field goal. Yeah.
1: I mean, like it's basically like because like it does, it just didn't make much sense if you really think about it, because, um, like that, they weren't going to get a touchdown and two field goals, you know, like mm-hmm. that. Like it only protected you in the event that they got a touchdown and then two more field goals.
0: Yeah, like I mean, if they got I, two touchdowns, you're still screwed. Right. Obviously, it kept him from having to just get a field goal to go to overtime. Uh, yeah, but. Like I'm said, just
1: surprised based on everything he's shown thus far he didn't
0: go for it that's all that makes me really not, happy that I'm he not said saying that it's he wrong
1: it. like you said I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong I'm just surprised he didn't and I think in the future he will
0: Mhm Agree Um got a couple of got a couple people that's asked me about this the, the Auburn's last touchdown about review I thought it was pretty cut and dry touchdown whenever the guy catches the ball in the end zone, like you're not allowed to knock the ball out of his hands. Like once he comes down with it, It, it's a touchdown at that point. That's why they didn't review it. It wasn't like he was bobbling, getting dropped it. He had it and a Tennessee defender came and tried to swat it in after he'd already caught it and had two feet on the ground. I thought that was pretty clearly a touchdown. I know a lot of people were mad about it. Uh, Seemed pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah. You don't really get Uh, a a free swing. I thought like, that's a
1: good point. I didn't know. Like I was just mad and nervous at that point. And I just wanted it to be reviewed,
0: you yeah. know. You don't you don't get a free swing on the ground whenever they are standing yeah. there trying to knock the ball loose. Yeah, you're right. So that that I mean, a lot of people are mad about it. That's just that was my interpretation of it. Um, all right, got a couple of people asking about this. I'll give you John Edward Peavy's form of the question. Of the past forty eight hours of news, which story gives Seth more joy? The president calling Stormy Daniels horseface. Or the Elizabeth Warren genealogy debacle. Um, Elizabeth Warren.
1: We are talking about a brutal self-own here. A lady who has vehemently said that she had that she is. She, she said she had a fifth ancestor, a fifth-generation ancestor that was an Indian, and she said her parents had whoa, to whoa, hold be. On, loved hold on! Hold on!
0: Na- Native American.
1: Native American. And she said her parents had to elope because her father's parents were so upset that he wasn't marrying a white woman. And so she goes through this whole long thing with the Stanford academic, gets the very best genealogy test that you can get, and it says, whoa, 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 there's not even a chance that this was fifth generation. At best, it's sixth, and at worst, it's tenth. Like, if it's a sixth generation ancestor, she is one sixty-fourth Native American. If it's tenth, she is one one she is one ten twenty-fourth Native American. It was a brutal and totally inflicted self-own. Trump rolled this woman up so much, she went to Stanford and got like the best geneticist in the country to sequence her DNA. And Trump was right. I also want to say that it is absurd if she was 132nd Native American to act like she is anything other than Lily White. Okay?
0: Like, it's like, it is absurd. Okay, 132nd, that's what she thought she was? mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I I actually qualified. I could have qualified to get, like, Native American scholarship money. My grandpa was, like, half-blooded. Yeah. Like, you know, from Teleco. Like, I mean, he – he uh I, I could have gotten – I want to say I was 112th, maybe 116th. I don't know how exactly it worked. Yeah, I mean, like – and people, you know, act like
1: this is some, like – I mean, we've had we've had a vice president who was half. In like, um, I think yeah, Charles Curtis was the vice president for Herbert Hoover, and he oh he was three eighths, so he was he was thirty seven percent Native American.
0: Wasn't Hoover an awful president? I think yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't we don't. My my tribe does not acknowledge that vice president because that was such a uh, a bad a bad reign
1: i mean the randolph family the famous randolph family they were directly descended from pocahontas like i mean i think um uh robert e lee could claim this could claim Like, he had ancestry back to Pocahontas. Woodrow Wilson's wife had ancestry back to Pocahontas. Like, it's not a big deal, okay? Some of the most famous people in American history have been descended from Native Americans. So, let's, like, her acting, like, it is... Her trying to get minority status here (laughs) is pretty sick. I mean, my Ancestry.com report says, like, um... I am 50% English and Welsh, 49% Scottish from Scotland and Ireland, and 1% Native American.
0: You're more Native American than she is. Like you don't see me out here doing the tomahawk chop. I have
1: blue eyes. Okay? I have blue eyes. I'm as white as it gets. Like and for like for her to sit here and act like, like, Har- like Harvard, like, you know, they said she was Harvard's first woman of color law professor. No way. Yes! There's a Fordham Law Review article that states she is Harvard's first woman of color law professor from back in the day. Like, she has used, like, she has, like, one thing about America is that, like, in the affirmative action system, everybody plays it by the honor code. Like, you don't see many people try to game the system. Yeah. especially never see, like, I mean, you do rarely a white person try to game the system. Like, a person that is 90% white is going to put on his thing that he's white. But not Elizabeth Warren. Not Elizabeth Warren. Because she thought she was one thirty second Native American.
0: And I guess you can't. You can't really fact check somebody like when they fill out like I mean just for let's just say the FAFSA for example. Yeah. Like uh, they're not taking like genetic swabs when you get your scholarship money, right? No, you no. I mean you you can't. So like you said, it's just kind of the honor system. Like and it's pretty dishonorable to do that. I mean like
1: like let's see, she is from um. Let's look at her ancestry here. Like, she listed herself as a racial minority from 1986 to 1995 in the Association of American Law Schools. Harvard Law School had identified Warren as a woman of color in response to criticisms about a lack of faculty diversity.
0: (laughs) Oh, So it sounds like Stanford was using her to gain the system, too. Like, like no, no, we don't just have white professors. We we have a we have a Native American professor right here. Yeah, like I mean, truly amazing. On, Although lady. I, I I do think now you you make a good point for that being, you know, the best story. But I mean, I do love the idea that the president is calling a porn star horseface and leading her With to her. Resp- to reply, calling him, basically insinuating he has a small penis. Yeah, Like, I do love that we are in the middle of a a Twitter spat where that's going to lead to Donald Trump taking a picture of his dick to put on the internet to prove that he is not a little man. Yeah. I mean, we got, like, um, you know, we
1: got her court case getting thrown out to where she has to pay his court costs. Then we have him calling a woman that, like, he, by all accounts, slept with. I've never even heard him deny that he slept with her. Right? Like, it was about whether or not – I don't know. Maybe he has denied it. He had called her a
0: liar, so I assumed he was saying he hadn't, but I don't don't know.
1: Okay. Well, I think everybody –
0: He he might have just been saying she was lying about other stuff. I don't know.
1: So, but I've just assumed that he did, and so he's calling a woman he slept with (laughs) horseface from his Twitter account, which is the (laughs) – Which he is also the most powerful man in the world and the leader of the free world.
0: I do love that he just refuses to – I still love that he just refuses to tweet from the uh, POTUS account. Yeah. I love that he's like, nope, I'm tweeting from my personal account. I respect the hell out of it. I mean, like, it's just been – he's been on such a roll. Like,
1: he had Kanye, Kid Rock, and the Beach Boys in the White House a week ago. And now he's going full throttle on the timeline at a porn star. And the Vols won.
0: Oh, man. What a week. What a week. Except the Titans lost. They fucking suck.
1: Yeah, what's up with that, man?
0: They suck. They suck. Like
1: 11 sacks. I thought that Lawan and Conklin were good.
0: I don't know what the issue was. I saw where they both graded out pretty well. I don't know if the tight end just wasn't blocking or what the fuck was going on. But, the, like, pro football focus, which I don't know if their grades are reliable or not. But, like, they only said that, like, they said Conklin gave up zero sacks and LeJuan gave up one. So, I don't know. Something's lying here. Something's fishy. How about this for a stat? There have been 328 passing touchdowns this year, Seth. The Mm -hmm. Titans quarterbacks have three. Wow. That is less than 1%. It is easier than ever to play. Offense in the NFL, but my Titans still can't fucking do it.
1: Like, I thought this this new Owens coordinator was supposed to be the real deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it potentially could just be one of those things that he's always worked with good people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, worked under Kyle Shanahan, so he looks better because Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. Worked with Sean McVay, so he looks better because Sean McVay's calling the plays. <laughs> It's very yeah. pretend- it's very possible that that's the issue. Although, like Baltimore's defense is really fucking good. Like Baltimore's defense is the best in the league. They've yeah. given up like less than thirteen points per game. They've played six games and given up twelve total points in the second half. So they've been, I mean they've been really damn good. We'll see yeah. against the Chargers. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't. I shouldn't have brought it up. We're at an hour. I love you, my brother. We will talk, I love you too, buddy. We will talk yeah, we'll next rest week. Of the night. Yeah, we'll talk next week. NBA's back. I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, you want to give me you. your NBA thoughts, right quick before we go?
1: Well, I figured I was waiting for the quiz.
0: No quiz tonight. I wasn't prepared. That's no fun. I've been waiting all day. That's just no fun. I'll give you a quiz next week. All right. Tonight is about your your thoughts. Give me your predictions for the season. Um. The.
1: 76ers regress.
0: Okay, I like the it. Houston
1: Rockets regress.
0: I like it. The Trailblazers regress, obviously. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why you're thinking about the Trailblazers, but I think that's a good pick. Well, they got number three seed last year, right? Yeah, I guess they did. Then they got the they got the swept by the yeah. uh, Pelicans, but yeah, I guess they were the three seed. Pelicans move up from the six seed to like the three seed. See, that's the team I think regresses. Okay. But these are your predictions?
1: These are your predictions? Well, I'm changing my pick now to say the Utah Jazz get the three seed. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. And I'm going to say the Thunder don't really do much, period, even though Paul George is back. The Celtics run away with the East, and Kawhi Leonard pouts a lot.
0: See, I kind of like Toronto this year in the East. Um, Now, I don't want to hitch my wagon to Kawhi, but I think he's going to be really good this year. I think the Raptors are gonna be really good. I kinda think the Celtics the seven seed. I kinda of think the Celtics will maybe have some personality issues. I think they got too many too many, many Chiefs. Too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. I could see that. To I could see that. To quote Elizabeth Warren. Too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. I, I could see
1: that. I mean you gotta you gotta add Hayward back to and Tatum and, and Kyrie. And Kyrie which back means, to Tatum which and Rogier and
0: Rogier and maybe Smart or Rogier and um, you know maybe Hayward. I don't know. Like I don't know how they're going to divvy up their crunch time minutes.
1: Are we expecting anything from Markel
0: Fultz? He's starting tonight. They've they've sent J.J. Reddick's ass to the bench. Mm. So, like, I, I really – and tonight will be a good indication because the Sixers play in Boston. I really uh, – I'm curious, Seth, how – the spacing works with Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons out there when neither one can shoot a jumper. Yeah. Like you needed J.J. Redick out there to shoot jumpers. Yeah. For all
1: the stuff that the 76ers did where they tanked on purpose just to get number one pick after number one pick, it feels like they're they're still going to have screwed it up in the end because they took that dude that played at Duke that we talked about last week. Okafor. Um, Okafor
0: and Markel Fultz. Well, Fultz was supposed to be a nasty prospect. So, like, I'm interested – you know, I'm, I'm I'll, we'll wait and see how he progresses. It was really weird what happened to him last year where he just completely lost his shot. But he was supposed to be a can't-miss guy. So, like, if you would have had him healthy with Embiid and Simmons, it probably would have worked. But we'll never know if he can't get back to it. But either way, you have two really damn good players. Although, like, it does feel like Embiid and Simmons – are just like two years away from butting heads and fighting over whose team it is. Mm-hmm. Like Joel Embiid has hijacked the term process, right? Like the, whole, the Sixers' whole battle cry was trust the process. And then Joel Embiid's like, yeah, just call me the process. That way now when they talk about trust the process, they're just talking about Joel Embiid. Interesting. They pretty much hijacked it. He hijacked it all for himself. Good predictions by you, Seth. I like your jazz prediction. Oh, there's only two games tonight? Yeah, just two tonight, full slate tomorrow, and then the Lakers. Lakers get started on Thursday. Did you buy an NBA season pass or whatever? Uh, will next week. I haven't yet, just because it's a free preview. How much is that? Like 180 bucks. Oh, that seems like a pretty good deal. It is. You get so many games. And it's a tax write-off for your boy, because I'm in the sports biz. That's right. I might buy it. I might buy it, but yeah. I'm not going to. I love you, my brother. We will talk soon. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too buddy, bye bye.
1: a mason job hey ranch gang knoxville this a holy walk rest in peace to robert kneeling rest in peace to our opponents i get my tickets from a scalper out of thompson bowling reese ranch yeah we got you fam we got your back all we want to do is win the east is that too much to ask all we want to do is win the east is that too much to ask all we want to do is win the east is that too much to ask We bleeding orange till we die. R.I.P. to Reggie White. Putting on for A65. Kneeling stadium at night. Volunteers are religion. This is what we believe in. This is Reed's Ranch trying to help you get through the season.